Hello, Gina, and thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. First, would love to learn about what inspired you to enter the climate field. Well, Corinne, first, let me thank you for letting me have this opportunity. It was great to meet you just a few weeks ago at Harvard, where I talked quite a bit about all the climate activity that's going on. And really, what has inspired me to join today is you know having you and others like you that care so much about the climate issue and refuse to stop pushing. And I want to let everyone know that I just turned 69. I'm going to keep pushing like crazy because we have to. I mean, this is a the, the an existential challenge of our time. And what excites me and inspires me is is not just the the passion and the ingenuity and the innovation that I see in young people. But the fact that I think we're making progress now, you know, we have innovation like we've never seen before. For the first time ever, renewable energy internationally surpassed the amount of energy that was being developed, I'm sorry, that was empowered by fossil fuels. So I'm just excited about what's going on. I know that, you know, I've been working in the climate field for what would amount to you as generations ago, you know, many decades before I, I took up the mantle in Massachusetts of looking at climate. I wrote the Massachusetts Climate Action Plan for Governor Romney at the time. He was sort of mediocre on it, but the plan was great, you know, and I've been working on this ever since. And, and I just can't tell you how much I think and get excited about the way in which all of these opportunities are arising with new technologies and new practices and new amounts of investment on the table that I think will be just groundbreaking and has opened us up to really grab a clean energy future the way we all want it. Now, are we fast at doing and moving as we should be? Is every country involved? Are we all working together? No. But this is the start of a lifetime, and I want folks there to get excited about what they're going to hear from the other speakers and to really get re-energized, to, to know that we're on a path that is much better than we've ever been on before. And let's grab that future for ourselves, for your children, and for theirs. In building off of that, what is your vision for the future of climate, and how can we, as emerging climate leaders, continue to move this field forward? You know, one of the things that, that I've learned during my 40 plus career in, in government was that um, you, you have to really stay as optimistic as you can. You have to fight for every piece of progress that you make and then use that to generate more energy moving forward. And the one thing that, that I've learned is you have to communicate about climate in a way that makes people understand the challenge, but doesn't leave them frightened that they won't have a future. We have to engage people. So the one thing I'd want folks to do is to talk about what's happening now, the opportunities ahead, the technologies we have. I want them to get excited and engage and innovate, but most importantly, I want them to communicate. Look, when I started my career, you know, way back when, like 44 years or so ago, you know, I was the first public health agent in the town of Canton. 
It was the best job ever because I knew nothing about what I was doing and I didn't care. I worked with people. They told me what their problems were. We worked through those problems. Eventually, I did so many things at the local level that the state finally called and said, hey, you want to come work here? Because I didn't give up on anything. We got excited about the, the progress that we could make. You know, I did everything from septic systems to housing inspections to restaurant inspections. I mean, you name it. I was also the hazardous waste coordinator. So I started doing bylaws while the U.S. government was still figuring out how to implement regulations in the state was just beginning to implement regulations for all of the big environmental laws. And so they knew that, that there were opportunities to grow from the local level to the state level. And I knew the federal government could also help grow and together we could make change happen. So what I did was when the state called, I jumped on board. I went in with both feet. I recognized that climate was, was an incredible challenge. Over time, I learned just how much, but back then I didn't have the tools to be able to move forward expeditiously. So I worked on the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative, which had 12 states working together to try to reduce emissions across the regions. And so we worked on that. I shifted over to Connecticut and did some work there. And Connecticut ended being the linchpin, the final vote that pushed the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative forward. Then I went and got a call from Lisa Jackson, who asked me to go work at the federal level. And it was so exciting. I got the air program. I was the assistant administrator. For the first time, we could move forward to actually regulate things like mercury, things like uh, conventional pollutants, air pollutants that were causing so much harm. And by that point, I knew how to articulate those issues in ways that people would understand, in ways that that didn't say that it was about air pollution. It said it's about your health being impacted by air pollution. It's about your families. It's about your jobs. We can do it all and move forward. And when I was asked to be administrator under President Obama, it was an exciting moment for me. I could then move forward and we actually had an opportunity to regulate carbon directly with the Clean Power Plan and know that never went into effect because of, of Supreme Court decisions. But what we learned just in just three years, we had had the same amount of carbon pollution reduction that we didn't require until 10 years. And because we gave a clear signal to the business sector, the times are changing, they better get with it because they knew if this law didn't go, there would be more regulations that followed. And so the, this is what inspires me. You know, you can learn and move forward, even though like me, you never articulated a path for yourself. Like I never wanted to be the environmental, you know, administrator, but awesome that I got there. But the thing is that, that if we keep working together, you know, the challenges are very large. But if we work together and we, if we focus on people, if we focus on the things that matter most, we can make change happen at the level and at the pace that science demands. You've had such an inspiring journey. And we'd love to hear about a piece of advice that you would give to emerging climate leaders who are entering the field now and are excited to be entering the field, but might not know exactly 
which path they want to take. Could you provide a piece of advice? You know, I, I will say that in, I tell people this and I don't think they believe me, but I'll tell everybody anyways, because for me, it's true. You know, I, I, I never actually knew what I wanted to be when I grow up, right? I mean, I always went to bed thinking about exciting things. The things that mattered to me were people, their health, and the connection of that with the environment. Because I grew up in the 60s and 70s. If you want to look at bad environment, that was it. You know, you had pollution everywhere, water contamination everywhere, Love Canal, Exxon Valdez. You know, th this was a time when that's what made my mission in life important to me. That was what defined it. And so what, what I would tell people is that be open to new opportunities. You know, I did, I honestly didn't have a specific path forward, but if it was exciting to me, if I thought I could improve people's lives and I could address some of the environmental problems to, to, that actually mattered to people, then I was going to be all in. And if you could focus more and more on environmental justice communities, because the more you learn, the more you realize they're the ones hardest hit, they're the ones that have been left behind, they're the ones that never had proper investment in their infrastructure. If you can think about that, then you go home every night and maybe you didn't think about being in that job, but you brought home the, the opportunity to feel good about the work you do. So I left myself open and I think people should do that. Don't sit in a job that you don't like. Think about moving every five years and what's on the horizon that may not be a level up, but may end up more exciting for you. Expand your mission. You know, think about how it's going to matter to you and what drives you. And so I would want folks to be flexible. I still go to bed every night at 69 years old, wondering what I'm going to do when I grow up. My hope is I never grow up but I keep doing what I want to do and it's exciting. So don't let anyone stop you. Don't hold yourself back by the education you had thinking that it only gives you one path. Use your imagination, get excited, make change happen wherever you can find it. Thank you so much, Gina, for taking the time to provide the opening remarks at the Harvard Climate Leadership Summit. It's clearly a pivotal time in the climate field and we're grateful to have leaders like you who have helped establish a strong foundation for us emerging climate leaders to continue to build upon. We really appreciate you taking the time and would love to hear any closing words. Well, thank you. Um, and and it's, it's great to be with you, but you know, just to, to end on climate, look, there's exciting things happening. Don't give up, keep pushing keep talking about climate change and keep moving forward because we are seeing exciting levels of private investment. We're seeing real opportunities for new technologies. I have every reason to believe that we can not just do great things with the Inflation Reduction Act and bipartisan infrastructure law, all the things that President Biden has initiated um, at, at the federal level. We can win this if we work together and if we focus on environmental justice communities here, give them their fair share and think about how we can drive investments into the global south. Climate 
is an international global problem. We have to start committing ourselves as the United States to do our fair share as the largest emitter of greenhouse gas reductions. Our own and help every country to do the same.